Welcome to Tech Fever, play everything's weekly tech podcast where we talk about all the tech news of the week, everything from home theater to smart home to AI and robots and everything in between. Every week we'll break down uh, the weekly tech news of the week, we'll give you some tech picks of the week, what we've been playing with, and if you want to get a question read live on air, you can send it into techfeverpodcast at gmail.com. Alongside me as (laughs) semi-always, Kevin Coelho. Did you do the show without me? No, no, when we have the shows, I mean, yes, okay, uh, alongside I, when, we have the shows, when we have the show, I, it's always Kevin Quillo. The when we have the shows part is the like, mm. <laughs> sometimes I'm like, hey, Mike, I have to clean out my garage tonight. It's the only night that I have free to do this so that I can make space so that when my sister-in-law comes to move in, we can store all the boxes in the garage. Dude, see, and, uh, no, and sometimes it's hey, Kevin, um, our store door broke and I can't make it to do the show because right, I have to be right, here right, overnight. Right. Um, your garage, man, out of control. By the way, last the last state I've seen it. Yeah, 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 and it will <laughs> remain that way for maybe another month, maybe a month and a half. But after that, for the foreseeable future, I get like it's gonna be my little workshop, and there's the the word little. You know, very lightly used there. It's a pretty decent size, and I'm very excited <laughs> to get it up and running soonish. Kevin's workshop. Soon. Yeah, soon, soonish. soonish. Yeah. Um, Kevin, you been playing uh, with anything new this week? These last two weeks? Um, you know, I can't. I don't. I don't think I have. I'm looking into some new stuff, though. You want me to talk about it real quick? Yeah, let's talk about it. <laughs> it's an idea that I got in my. That I got in my head that I'm trying to get out. You know what I mean? <laughs> Basically, here's the problem I have. I want to play Fortnite with everyone when we stream Fortnite. But it's difficult because I also have to switch because that's my job. Right? Yeah. You follow me so far? Yeah, where? Follow me so far? What if instead <laughs> of using the stream deck to switch, I have four foot pedals? Oh, my gosh. Huh? <laughs> And then I'm just in there. Joey. Me. Greg. Joey again. Oh, Snow White Mike. Uh, did that. <laughs> Only Kevin huh? Quello would come up with even trying to attempt to do something like that. It's funny. I brought it up today. Because the people in the chat were like, oh, we got to. I can't remember. Someone. I, I mentioned it a couple days ago. And the people in the chat today were bringing it up. And I was like, oh, you know what? I should look into it. I brought it up and uh, Greg and Fran were streaming with us today, and they were like, "Oh, that's funny. That's like what we did at IGN for the the gameplay people. The the, the what is it called? You know the the walkthroughs. Oh, uh, the guide. The guides. The guides. Yeah, that's it. That's it. The guides. Uh, they would. They had uh, gas and brake pedals from like racing games set to screenshots." Which I think is brilliant. That is that's brilliant. That's so cool. Yeah. That's super that's brilliant. That's such a good idea. That, that's such a... Because it's like one of those things that when you're playing, it's one of those... Like, can you imagine having to pause, hit, like, screenshot, try to unpause and get the screen... You know, it's, it's, it's a hassle. That is a hassle. That's so but smart. Pedal. Poop. Done. So it's been done before. Not for live switching a studio program. Dude, that's so funny. Thing. Why you're producing... I can do it. The technology exists. I uh, I have no doubt that you can do it. If there's one person I'd be like, he could get this done and actually make it run pretty smoothly, it's Kevin Coelho. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, the only issue I'm having is finding enough pedals. 
<laughs> Do they sell single pedals? They they sell single pedals, but that's not what I want. I'd like a a four pedal thing. The only four pedal thing that I can find uh, is like too expensive. That's like even I have limits of like I'm not gonna spend two hundred eighty dollars on this. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Okay, so mm -hmm, some mm -hmm. pedals in the work for the this live switching, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. You gotta keep experimenting, keep it fresh, keep it tight. You know what I mean? I got got to tighten up over there. Um, I well, if you notice right now, I have the the blurry background. Yeah, I finally uh, am using went full in on uh, Nvidia broadcast for uh, camera stuff. And oh, you said you'd never do it. You said you would never do it. Never said that. Never said that in my life. You definitely just said like it. you were like, oh, Elgato's trash. I'll never use it. And then look at you, a little Elgato sell up. Flip flop might some might say. Flip flop. So. Some might say. I mean, I think you're bringing up a dead argument, so it's not, not really dumb. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and give myself the point that that's five, me, zero you. I, I, I'm like, just saying. Numbers. Ke Kevin Quello, a notorious flip flopper. Everybody knows. Uh, you're thinking of uh, Nick Scarpino. It's fine. You don't watch our content anymore. It's not a big no. deal. Uh, <laughs> I get it. But Not a big deal. For, for those of you uh, actually watching on uh, youtube.com for slash play everything, you'll notice we like, oh man, the blurry background looks good. I'm actually using a webcam. Whoa. I, I think it actually looks pretty good for a webcam. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I think lie. it looks great for a webcam, yeah. There is a little bit of a, an issue, right? You see where your microphone connects to your yeah. the little stand? Yeah, like, oh. What? No, what? Like right no. here. No, you're no. I'm I'm giving my your microphone. Oh yeah, where it blur, blurs out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So right there, the little connection, it has a like nubby, like extra blur that's like catching your arm just a little bit. It's interesting. Yeah. It, it, what what percentage do you have it dialed into the in video broadcast? I think it's halfway. Halfway. Wow. Okay. Yeah. What what do you that's use or is it? I don't use it. This is a natural uh, bokeh effect. Mm. Mm. Yeah. But but when you did use it, it was like halfway. I feel like halfway is the way to go. Oh, I use it like a hundred percent just for funsies. <laughs> uh, but but I, I don't. I didn't use it for very long, right? I don't think so. No. But I, no, I'm. I am a big fan of the auto frame. Yeah. No. Auto frames annoying. <laughs> it, it's annoying, but it's cool. It's cool. It's a cool feature. But I will say I am really impressed with just what a um, – I think I got the webcam for $100 and a, a free software could do. What, what webcam is it? Uh, so it's the Legitech webcam – or uh, streamcam. The, the, I'm sorry. One more time. The, the Legitech? <laughs> Logitech streamcam. Uh, it's uh, this guy Oh, the right little here. square one. Yeah, this guy right here. Oh, look how cute it is. It, I mean it looks surprisingly good when you – when you said it, when you were like, you might be surprised, and I was like, obviously, the NVIDIA broadcast is, is going on, and you were like, so know that this is a webcam, and I was like, whoa, I was surprised. No, but it really is, uh, it's pretty impressive what just, I, again, I'm extremely happy with the quality that I've gotten from this $100 webcam that I bought. It's a little bit more I got on sale. Um, I think it's usually like 180 uh, but USB-C oh, connection, look at that guy, a little USB-C connection, and it's important, not everything, and that's the issue. That's the issue, mm -hmm. some might say. Um, 
and uh, yeah, uh, free software by NVIDIA, I feel like gives me a pr like a pretty dang good uh, quality. Good autofocus, really good exposure uh, adjustment. Can you come up really close really fast? Mm. Mm. Right? Not yeah, bad. Not I mean, yeah, not terrible, not especially for a webcam. Yeah, for, and for $100, too. What was the promotion going on? Uh, let's not talk about it. <laughs> okay. All right. Sorry. That, my, that, my bad. My bad. You've got uh, secrets. But yeah, I, this is why I've been using because uh, the person's camera who I was using, they're they're getting another one, so uh, I had to give that you one can't back say for just a little say while. Tumbo's cameras, you getting fixed? Uh, uh Andreas, if you uh, watch our content over here, Andreas's camera, not Tombos. Oh, it's Andreas's camera. Yeah, not Tombos. Huh. That's funny. Why is that? Because like, I now realize that. Well, well okay. Sorry. For a long time, you said it's Andreas's camera, and I just wasn't listening. And every time I was like, oh, it's Tumbo's camera, huh? <laughs> My bad, dude. Yeah. No, you're good. You're good. Uh, but yeah, so that's no, why I've been really playing with. I'm pretty impressed with it. If you're looking to do uh, buy uh, a webcam instead of buying like a super expensive DSLR just to start off with things, if you have a RTX graphics card and uh, this Logitech Stream Cam, I think that's a great pairing. To be able to make yeah, things think, work. Yeah, I, I think it's cool that works with any camera input. It's really awesome. Mm -hmm. And uh, again, for more entry level, if you're just trying to dabble into things or just get get going, not spend a lot of money all at once, I think this is a great solution. For one, um, Kevin, you ready to talk some tech? Yeah, I'm also thinking about buying this foot pedal thing. But uh, I can do both. <laughs> Did you find one? Did you find a four pedal? No, I think I'm just gonna have to buy a three pedal one. A bunch of people in our chat were like, "We'll just buy two three pedal ones," and it's like that's gonna be ridiculous. <laughs> that's too many. Too many connections. Then you gotta have two USBs wired up. You get it. I know. I understand. Uh, Xiaomi files court uh, challenge against the U.S. ban. So Xiaomi isn't uh, wasting time disputing the U.S. decision to put it on uh, the list of Chinese military-backed companies and ban American investments. Reuters reports the Chinese phone giant has filed a legal complaint against the U.S. Defense and Treasury Departments, calling the uh, investment ban unlawful and unconstitutional. It also uh, said that the claims of links to the Chinese military were false and that the lack of American investments would lead to immediate and irreparable harm. Uh, the company said 75% of its uh, voting rights belong to co-founders Lin Bin and Li Jun, and uh, there were no military-linked people or organizations within ownership. Um, it also noted that a substantial number of shareholders were Americans and that three uh, of the most prominent shareholders were U.S. investment groups. Uh, on top of this, uh, Xiaomi said the very implication of ties to the Chinese military would significantly impair its business deals. It's not certain how Xiaomi, uh, Xiaomi will fare in uh, averting the de facto blacklisting, which takes effect March 15th. However, the company's product mix might work in its favor. Unlike Huawei, Xiaomi does, uh, have a, doesn't have a telecom infrastructure business to raise spying concerns. Uh, I just think it's very interesting, all the bands that are going down, especially with Chinese companies that are doing cool stuff and making cool products. 
Um, obviously, like I said here in the article, Huawei has uh, the telecom infrastructure, which is a little bit more tr worrisome. But I mean, I feel like at this point, every company is spying on you at some point. Sure. It's just for the right people. Like, like all just, of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just most of them for themselves. Yeah. For, but for not? Yeah, for themselves or like the American government. I, I don't understand. Um, especially for in their case, the ban on their case, because they're, they're not a telecom company. So right. that's what's going on. You think they're going to win? I don't know. I, I mean... I'm curious to see how this administration handles all these like bans and stuff. Like, are they going to continue? Or are they going to like uphold all the? You know, because I mean, they haven't taken them down, so they must be warranted, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of stuff to cover. You know what I mean? It's only been a month. <laughs> yeah, it's true, but I, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious to see how this all pans out, and it's just. Like until things start happening, we won't know <laughs> yeah. what's the 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 like future outcome of stuff. So I think once we start seeing how they're reacting to previous bands, we'll be able to kind of guess how they're gonna react to future bands and ongoing. You you know what I mean? You get what I'm saying, right? Yeah, and I feel like they have a much better chance of it being overturned. In, you think uh, so? In the state that we have right now. I mean, just with the president that we have now. Who knows? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, it might be that those, like, the evidence behind, uh, like, the reason why those, those have been blocked is, like, there there might be valid enough evidence. If It's just well, funky, the f interesting that they could sue, I guess, the U.S. government to be like, oh, it's unconstitutional. Yeah, it's also weird how you would, like, win that as well. That's why it's always, like, a weird thing, because it's like, well, we make the rules here, so... Yeah, like... I, yeah, like that always interests me, like, is, like, the, how do you sue a country? Like, what legal... You're going through their legal system, or you're going through... Well, I mean, we, we sue the, the, like... I mean, even Americans sue the country all the time. Yeah, I feel you like know? that's a little different, though. You think so? Yeah. But, like... Corporations are weird, where it's like, I don't know what kind of legal standing you have to have to, to for the corporation to have, like, legal stature in the United States. You know what I mean? Where it's yeah. like, corporations are considered en entities, right? So I wonder, how do you go about, like, what rights does a United States company have versus an international company? And... Yeah, it's just things that I've never looked into. Yeah, because like, fascinating. like a, yeah. a a country can't sue a country. Well, that's not or how it works, it? right? I don't know what legal system would you go through. Know. Whose rules would you play by? International rules. If you're a law expert, go ahead and write into techfeverpodcast yeah. at gmail.com. Let us know how that would work out. Is that what Interpol is for? Someone let us know. Is that what Interpol is for? For isn't that a police organization? Yeah, I don't know, but like, don't police <laughs> people need to have laws to enforce? So they must be making rules. You know what I'm saying? I don't understand how any any of this world works. Yeah, like, 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 can the police enforce laws if there's no governing system? I mean, yeah, but where'd this conversation come from? Where I'm saying, like, that, like, if Interpol exists, there must be some laws that everyone has agreed to. Because otherwise, how are you breaking the laws? 
So oh, like international, international law, like an international law. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if there's international laws, there must be some sort of international court. Right? It's too much. It's too much. It's too much is for this our... U- is the UN? Does the UN fuck with Interpol? I know, and that's another thing. these things? Yeah, exactly. I, write us in. Write us in if you're a law expert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love to or hear. Or just, you know, have read a book. <laughs> Uh, Shami also in the or Shami, also in the news. Uh, you actually sent me this article: the remote wireless charging, uh, remote re- wireless charging power up to your phone from across the room. So inductive wireless charging that works via pads and coils is still not available everywhere or on every device. But XDA points that some uh, Shami is testing a leap to the next step: remote wireless charging, touchless, true wireless charging could energize devices from several meters away, and Xiaomi is toting its approach, dubbed Mi Air Charge technology. We've seen remote wireless charging before, uh, including in the uh, Energis Watt uh, approach we saw at uh, CES uh, 2015. However, they haven't come to market yet, and Xiaomi isn't uh, talking about any specifics, sorry, on release date or compatibility, compatible hardware showing off uh, a demo <laughs> Sorry, this is right. Uh, showing off a demo, talking about the 17 patents it has and uh, more uh, from other phone manufacturers. Five watt charger within the devices, right? So I don't understand how this technology works. <laughs> I'm not sure if you're too up, like appraised to the actual technology behind it. So in the past, what I've seen is they have, it like sends a small, like essentially vibration, a current, I I don't know, that like tickles the other, the receiving part and gets that going and that starts the charging process. But this shit is like wild, weird ass fucking Tesla magic, you know what I mean? Yeah, I I don't even know. And by Tesla, I mean Nikola Tesla, not Tesla, the car company. I I don't even know how. Like, I feel like this would light shit on fire. I feel like the first wave of this, somebody's we talked about it a little bit. Somebody's getting cancer. Somebody's like it's lighting a building on fire somewhere. But didn't we like? Did, I mean, didn't people feel that way when they heard about cell phones? Yeah, and five G's here, giving us all cancer. Well, I mean, it's spreading COVID. <laughs> That's also what I hear. That's what people say. Jesus Christ. We just got flagged on YouTube. It's not. We're joking. <laughs> I don't like this. Um, yeah, it's like everything seems scary when you don't know anything about it. You know what I mean? Like, this is going to be fine. It's going to be fine. It's going to make us all like not need chargers anymore. Is it going to kill our batteries long term? Maybe. I don't know. Like That's one of those things where it's like, what if you have that on your desk, right? And you come there and you put your phone down and it starts wirelessly charging. Great. You were at 30% because it's 5 o'clock. You're watching porn, whatever you do for a couple hours, right? Whatever. whatever. Once you're done with that, like, what if your, your phone only needed an hour? I guess it's really slow charging, so it probably didn't charge that much, right? Because 5 watts really low power. I mean that's a standard. That's a standard Apple brick, like not the anymore. small Apple brick. That's not the old standard Apple brick. No, they still. I mean, there's no Apple brick anymore. There's no standard Apple brick because it doesn't come with phones anymore. 
But mm. the last iPhone had that Apple brick. Hmm. That power brick. And then the next one up, I think, is 25? 10? 15? No, they they 15. It's 15, I think. The USB-C one. But yeah, it's um, slow charging, but also it's not like it's going to stop charging it after it's charged. So then you run into that issue where you overcharge your well, battery. That's, yeah, that's exactly what I, I wanted to bring up. That was my next thing of like, so you're overcharging your battery long term, right? Yeah, that would suck. Like, like that's imagine not, that's like your laptop. Because right? like these devices, like you're not supposed to have your battery, your phone plugged in all day. Because that, if if I, no, like I believe what happens is you, you only get so many cycles with your battery, right? Yeah. So let's say the number's ten thousand, and that's enough for five years worth of, of battery use for normal let's say even three years worth of normal use right so if you're constantly feeding your battery that's gonna wear that down more so they have to have some really smart things in play that would up oh, there's a blue screen up there it is that to to like let the system know to like when it needs to be off when it needs to be on and it's just one of those things of like I guess it's like if the battery on its own discharges under like 10%, so it hits 90, start charging again. It's all really fascinating stuff, and I'm going to be honest, after thinking about it, I think it's real super cool, and I can't wait for the electricity flowing through me to my, my phone. You know what I mean? <laughs> Let it charge me up. It, charge me up. And it's static shock powers. One of those, like, those things that you could see probably implemented in like electrical lines where it's like, in the future, electric cars could be charged. You know? Do you know what I was talking about when I mentioned Nikola Tesla? Uh, yeah, didn't he come up with, or he had some theory or idea? Supposedly. That, Supposedly, was, yeah. that was this? I mean, not this. It was a much bigger scale where well, yeah. essentially he wanted to store electricity in the clouds and then beam it to other giant towers that would, like, catch it and use and like use electricity and spread it throughout the city man he was crazy it was interesting but the the crazy thing is that it wasn't going to cost money it was going to be what, super cheap what to, drugs to, do you think he was hopped up on nikola tesla but man he did some weird shit like the electric motor exists because of his like genius and it's like one of those things where it's like that's he, he created a motor that uses electricity. Like that doesn't like we like before that it was like oh fires and explosions is what we need yeah. steam you know <laughs> Like, I'm the Edison guy myself. You would be. No. <laughs> Edison's a sociopath. <laughs> oh, man. Um, Google. Uh, this one. The, the, this one's just for you. I threw this in here just because I want to hear your thoughts. We talked a little bit on uh, our games podcast. Uh, Google shifting away from making its own games for Stadia. It's shutting down studios in Montreal and Los Angeles and industry uh, veteran Jade Raymond, who Google tapped to lead game development division, is uh, leaving the company. Stadia vice president and general manager Phil Harrison wrote in a blog post that Google will keep investing in the service. Uh, quote, creating best-in-class games from the ground up takes many years and significant investment, and uh, the cost is going up exponentially, Harrison wrote. Uh, Given our focus on building on the proven technology of Stadia as well as uh, deepening our business uh, partnerships, we've decided to not be investing further in bringing exclusive content uh, from our internal development from SG&E, 
beyond any near-term planned games. According to Harrison, Google oh, believes working with developers and publishers to bring third-party games into the platform is the best, best path building Stadia into a long-term stable business, sustainable business. Thoughts? Well, that didn't last very long, did it? Damn. I, I, I remember saying this in 2000, when it was announced, this would be, I think it, someone clipped it and sent it to me on Twitter. I think I said 2023, Stadia's done. I said that so many times. This is, the, this is the break. I mean, because it's not done yet. It's not done yet. You know, no, we it's got, got two more definitely years. two more years. Yeah. <laughs> uh, man, I can't believe how much they fuck things up, you know? <laughs> or it's like, what were they thinking? And it's so long. Um, I, it would have been really cool if when, what's that game that everyone like uh, is mad about? Cyberpunk. If only they had like figured out that's the best place to play it and been like, oh, hey, um, but you can play it on Stadia. Like that really could have been, I think it could have been a game changer if they had sent that out to, uh, you know, the, instead of just PC codes for all the people that are where they were playing it beforehand for coverage if they had sent out stadia and like the articles were all like hey uh we played it on pc and stadia and it works really well there and then when it came out broken as shit on ps3 people could have turned to stadia like that would have been cool and that i think would have boosted numbers but it didn't happen so no one wants to play stadia and apparently stadia doesn't even want to make their own games so that yeah. sucks sucks 150 people lost their jobs that's like the shittiest part of the story. I know that that that's that's what drives me crazy when companies do these big initiatives and big pushes without like going all in on it. Because I kind of felt this from the beginning with Google. I feel like it was kind of like, oh, this is getting big, so we're gonna throw our hat in the ring without actually being like wow. trying to. I get that they here's the they, thing. they didn't really they try to understand. Too. No, they didn't. No. No, I think they went all in, and when they got to the point where it was like, oh, shit, we're, we announced this already. We've shown shit, and we've set a date, but it's not ready. They're like, we're too in. We have to launch this. And it was just like, all right, y'all need to have better people in charge to be like, no, no, this is fundamentally broken. This is going to leave a sour taste in people's minds forever, and that's what happens. Like, look at us. Like, I haven't played in anything on Stadia in the last, like, year. Year. Yeah. And, uh, like, I've been told it's better, and that's cool. But, like, because of their terrible launch, I don't know that I'll ever give it another shot, you know? But, well, and why would you? You have a PlayStation. You have an Xbox. Like, you have yeah, these things. Yeah, but Cyberpunk, Cyberpunk worked on it better. True. The one, you know? Like and it's like, again, I feel if that was, like a more widely known thing, cyberpunk would have been received a little bit better, a little bit better. And, um, it could have actually helped stadia. Like, I don't know if like a significant amount, but it would have been interested to see if that, like, if people were like, Hey man, this game that everyone wants to play, but sucks on all these things works really well on this. Like that's, that's a cool incentive of like, all right, well I'll go check it out in this. I, I feel like we're not going to hear anything from Stadia in the next couple of years. And it's just going to nope. be like, they're going to keep like releasing like games and stuff on it. Not obviously not exclusive games now, but like, just like the games that are coming out that are third party are going to be coming out on Stadia. And then I feel like early 2023, they're going to be like, Hey, 
August of uh, 2023, we're actually going to be closing the stadia. I just wish that they had been like, hey, you know what? All the games that are on there right now, all 10 of them, they're free. Just go play them. If you have the Founders Pack, That we're changing this. This is a beta now. Um, and we'll we'll talk to you guys in six months when we fix things. Well, also, why don't you just hold your announcement and hold your rollout until you have games for it? Like, give like they could have been they could well, announce Stadia like, now, that's, that's... like this year, with like are, games. Are there a bunch of games? Like, are there hella games for it, or is it still? They don't like... have no exclusives. That's what I'm saying. If if they yeah, would yeah, if they would have put is... their money behind that before, in terms of like the pre development stuff, I feel like mm -hmm. they'd be in a much better position. But again, this is all Monday morning quarterbacking here. But I mean, it yeah, really comes down like to Amazon. Like when Stadia actually launched, we were like, "This is not good. Like this has serious problems." Yeah. Like there's very little to play on. Uh, Amazon and Microsoft basically are going to be left to see who can actually nail this, and my money is on Microsoft. Yeah, I'm very curious to see what what's Luna. Luna. How that. How that pans out. Is that going to be worth a damn? I think if there's a company that can... I mean, you can say that about Google, too, but I feel like... No, but I mean, I feel like at this point, Google's already kind of... Like, that story's written, you know? Oh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm, saying, I'm saying if there's a company that's already kind of, like, has the money and is already kind of in that, like, gaming culture already, I feel like Amazon would be able to probably do a fairly good job at this. Um, if they decide to roll this out, Matt, like widely. What a disappointment this is. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it, it's a bummer because it's, that's, that would be a cool future. Like, don't get me wrong. Like as much as a critic I am, like, I would love that future of just being like, Oh, turn on my LG TV, go to the Stadia app, pick up a controller. I'm, I'm in. I'm out. I'm in. I mean, it's it sounds like we're closer every day for you to be able to deal with the Xbox app, right? Mm-hmm. And that's, I, I, that's cool. I got faith yeah, in that, yeah. but again, I I don't know. I don't know how it's gonna work with bad internet, which a lot of people still have. Sure, not well. That's how. But yeah. people with good internet will probably be fun. You know. Yeah. Well, that's the, someday that's, you'll get good internet. Just keep believing and pushing your <laughs> local governments. That's why I have faith that Xbox is able to do it because they have physical hardware. Uh, speaking of physical mm. hardware, oh sorry, you got something to say about that? Yeah, it's just one of those things. Yeah, they have physical hardware, but like, the your TV won't have that hardware. You know what I'm saying? No, that's what I'm saying. They have physical hardware for the people who can't have good internet. They could just buy an Xbox. Got it. Got it. Got it. As an alternative, good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. Smart yeah. boy. Uh, Pretty boy. And speaking of physical hardware, <laughs> Sony's A1 is $6,500 meg uh, 50 megapixel camera that shoots 30 Ooh, frames per second burst cheap, huh? and 8K video. Sony has just dropped a bomb on the camera world with the launch of the A1. Uh, its new flagship full-frame mirrorless camera comes with some breakthrough features thanks to uh, the 50 megapixel uh, Exmor RS slash CMOS sensor and... Uh, cutting-edge Binoz uh, XR processor. It offers 30 frames per second shooting speeds, uh, 8K, 30 frames per second, 4K, 120 uh, frames per second uh, video, and a lot more. 
with all that, it can easily take on Canon's R5, which we know has some overheating issues, though it comes at a significantly higher price. The A1's key features might be its incredible speeds and it could shoot uh, 50.1 megapixel images uh, up to 30 frames per second with both autofocus and auto exposure enabled using electronic shutter. That is 1500 meg megabits per second worth of data. Um, at those speeds, you can capture up to 155 compressed raw files before the buffer fills. Basically, I mean, we, we can go down like the, the whole, whole list of everything if you want, but this thing's a fucking monster. It is insane. Uh, it's it, crazy it, how much it, it looks like our cameras, huh? It also comes with an insane or price though. Yeah. $6,500. But I think that's important because I bet you they have things in place to make sure it doesn't overheat and we'll, we'll see. I'm interested to see if they have overheating issues because Canon ran into that as soon as they started trying to do stuff like this. Huge mistakes with that whole plan of like, oh yeah, you can record for 30 minutes, then it overheats and you have to turn it off for eight minutes. Like, Oof. Okay. That Not is certainly good. a choice. I just don't record in AK. It was like, well, then why would I buy this camera? You know? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that, that's the that's one of your biggest things. And I know Sony to me is such like a leader in the camera world that I, I can't imagine them having any issues with this. I mean, it, also, check this out. Uh, the world's first 240 hertz OLED electronic viewfinder. Like, they're doing lots of cool stuff. And they're going to continue pushing this forward, but it's, that price that tag unnecessary. is... Uh, Kevin, you uh -huh. are the king of unnecessary. I'm oh, the king of unnecessary. True. You're getting foot pedals <laughs> so you can play and switch cameras. Don't. Just produce Don't the show. Just... <laughs> but no, I get you, though, because I, I'm, I'm the same way as you in terms of uh, just unnecessary everything. And I, I appreciate the unnecessary because it makes the experience better. Dude, this video is really good. Like the, the the video on this article, I have it playing right now, and it's showing different stills, and it's just like, oh my god, this camera looks fucking crazy. Uh, the video? Here, I'll pull oh. that up. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, but it, I just don't see the. I mean, I guess professional photographer. That's the only thing. That's a hundred percent. Yeah. But that's the thing. That's who this is marketed to. Not you. Not me. Like not even like you know the kind like. There's no reason why Kind of Funny would ever use a camera like this for streaming, even if we're using, like, the cam link. Because it's like, this is way higher. Like, you can't even stream, you know. Uh, wow. Yeah, dude. It's, it's, it's a pretty, it's a pretty like, uh, piece I'm, of hardware. I'm further down where they're showing, like, the way, that, like, the it takes photos without, like, the, you know, blacking out for the shutter. And it's like, that's really cool. It's such a dumb little thing. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, but again, yeah, this camera is not for us. This camera is for, <laughs> yeah, like if you go to like a minute, yeah, there you go. That kind of, I don't know what you're at right now, but, um, and cameras have always been absurdly expensive. Not, I don't know how many went for sixty five hundred. What was the the price of the Canon? Canon's giant camera. The full, well, that's full frame too. So R6? No, this is a while ago. I can't remember the model. 90D? Um, 
Sure. How much? How much is the ninety D? When it came out or right now? When it came out. Uh, wow. Oh my God! Go to a minute and like four. Uh, a minute fifty. Well, I'm gotten a bunch of things going on. Uh, I I don't I can't see the launch price. Hold on, minute fifty. I'm right here. I want to say it was like three grand. The way it can track the focus. Do you see that? Like the the dude biking around. Yeah, that's that? that's impressive. Like. That's insane. Like normally it would be like, eh, 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 eh. like even right now the camera that I'm using, which is uh, Sony A6400, it's like <sighs> the little box is like moving, and it's not. I don't think that I don't know. Yeah, that's autofocus, but it's just like that one is just smoothly moving because it's getting between every frame. It's figuring out the focus. It's, it's and Sony's always had awesome um, autofocus, but this is this mm. is really impressive. Especially how smooth it it actually tracks. I'm interested to see the reviews on this when it comes out because obviously I'm not going to be able to get my hands on one um, and just see people th run it through the ringer and see if it has the same issues that Canon experienced. But I mean, if it has no overheating you, you, issues, it's almost worth it just to spend the double the price. <laughs> you have to imagine that uh, with uh, the the response that the world has had, like. They pr they probably were like, we can't have it overheat. We have to figure out a way. Yeah. Put a fan in it, maybe. Put two fans. Yeah, well, the, wasn't that the thing with the, the Canon mirrorless, is there was no fans? Mm-hmm. That's why I said put two fans in it. Yeah. Let's try to just not, like, I, I don't get these companies sometimes. But impressive. If you're a camera head, if you're a professional photographer or a videographer, this is uh, exciting news. Especially because eventually this will just become standard. We'll get this on entry level stuff one day. Mm-hmm. Little, little, little ways away. Yeah, but, but uh, do you know anything about like the log st settings? Like the Fuji has the F log, Sony has the S log. Like, why is it better to record in that and then color grade? Uh, it gives you more, it's called metadata. So it gives you more metadata in the actual, whatever you're capturing. So you basically have mm -hmm. more to play with. So they have just different versions of capturing metadata and how much so metadata you can get out of it. So what's, what's the difference? Do you know with raw? Cause it was saying like, Oh, the, it can also record raw and like this at this rate. Uh, I imagine, I don't know that I don't know because I imagine raw is just like more metadata, but it doesn't have the preset color stuff that these companies put on it as well. Because I, I think there's like with those different logs, I feel like you'd have different color settings. That's why if you record, there's like inputs like uh let's yeah. that you can put for specific yeah, logs yeah, yeah. God, and that helps God, with the yeah. color. So I imagine it has to do something with the actual coloring of that log Versus just uh -huh. a raw, where it's just the raw metadata. That makes sense. Th that's what I would imagine uh, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, one thing that I'm, I'm looking at here that's pretty cool is that it has a regular size USB port on it. I, for, I wonder for what? Like, for what would that be used for? I have no idea. Um, well, you could use that for using... Well, but if it records an F-log already... Like, I, I know a lot of people use um, 
you know, Shoguns as recording devices for these nice high-end cameras because they record in a high bit rate and whatever log that they're supposed to, they can they can interpolate that correctly. Also, because no one uses the viewfinder in reality, you would use that as the viewfinder, the, you know, the, the actual one of these little guys. Pick it up. Oh, there's so much stuff around it. So, yeah, you plug this guy into the camera. You get a gobo, like, a, you know, one of the heads that screw on like this, and then it attaches there, and then you can watch the recording on this because this is way better to, like, use to, instead of the little tiny viewfinder, you know, or the yeah. back of the screen. Um, so I imagine that's what you're plugging in the full HDMI cable into instead of using a micro. Oh, you're saying in the what? camera there's a full HDMI, not USB. You said USB. Oh, did I? Yeah. I was like, what is that? Fuck. Yeah, so okay, HDMI, yeah, that I makes sense. That Sorry, I'm tired. Or, I'm tired, I'm sleepy. Or you could use Sony's new 5G phone, the Xperia Pro, to use that as the viewfinder, Kevin. <laughs> it's so dumb. Why did they not give up on this? It seemed like they had given up on this phone. No, we right? got this announcement. About like a year and a half. We launched the show... This show talking about CES uh, last year, and this was one of the things where like they're like, "Oh, it's coming, and it's here, ladies and gentlemen." Shortly after Sony showed off its first 5G phone in early 2020, it teased an even more capable Pro model that the company quickly stopped talking about for the rest of the year. Long after uh, after the long silence, the Xperia Pro has finally resurfaced, along with some crucial details. It's going on sale in the U.S. and will cost an eye-watering $2,500. If that price didn't make you immediately uh, make it immediately obviously uh, immediate obvious that xperia pro isn't for you or me while sony uh, concedes some deep pocketed individuals may buy one anyway uh, the company's latest smartphone is geared toward video professionals working in the field especially those who might have uh might use its uh mmy wave 5g connection to stream events or quickly uh ferry files to clients Sony's concept is a tantalizing one, especially now that broadcasters are experimenting with more mobile camera setups. Remember that Sony's cameraman on the sideline of the the Seahawks-Washington game in the NFL, they actually use these to to broadcast these on cameras. You saw them, like you saw these phones on the cameras as as they've designed them to use to kind of experiment if it could work, and it does. And uh, it also comes with a full-built or a mini HDMI as well built in uh, to the actual camera itself, or to the, the phone itself. It's basically an Xperia 1-2 with a more durable outside. Like, it's, it's meant to be rough and tumbled, and it has a mini HDMI as, well, as, as we'll see here. Um, Isn't the, the 5G also, like, a different plan? Like, it's a, a different type of 5G. It's the broad, right? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know about that. I had assumed it's so. It's a stronger 5G connection. Yeah, because, you, I mean, this is meant to be able to broadcast to, like, a data center God. to be able to receive the broadcast. I love how much I like these phones. They just, <laughs> they look, I like the shape a lot. The, the shape. It. It's the so screen. brick-like. But my God, that price! Who's using this? How many of these are they gonna sell? Not I like, because are, are, no. like, are these cheaper? Like, is buying ten of these cheaper than buying like a truck? You know, like or not buying a truck, but using <laughs> one of those uh, the the like satellite trucks to broadcast your signal wherever the hell it needs to go. 
Do you just ask if it was cheaper than that? Yeah, of course it's cheaper than that. Well, yeah, but like, is it as a like, does it work as well? They broadcast the whole NFL like, game on it, and nobody noticed. Yeah, that's but impressive. Like, who who was like, when was this? Last year, no, twenty nineteen. But okay, pre-pandemic stuff. Yeah. So like, we, people were there with a bunch of phones. Yeah, hooked up to the cameras. And no, no, that no was, but I mean, like, normal people were in the stands that had phones. They were spitting out their own little, uh, like, 5G signals oh, yeah, and yeah, stuff. Yeah. So yeah. interference doesn't seem to be a huge problem. That's cool. Well, we'll That's see cool. because they didn't have 5G at the time. So I, I imagine if you have a bunch of people with 5G mm-hmm. connections, that can also be an issue. Mm-hmm. You're making some good points. Because I was going to say, like, shit, <clears> that works <throat> this well. I'll have the company buy me one. And next time we go to an E3, which seems so, so far away, uh, you know, great. We'll just upload videos from that. I, I hate the speeds how it's cropped. Are. Look how it's cropped. Well, that's because Sony goes with their insanely uh, ratioed monitors, right? Or the screens on their yeah. phones. But still, it Super, is annoying. They're like ultra wide for a phone and it's like, ah. Oh. It sucks how it's cropped there, but like it's cool when you're watching something else or playing your little video games. Look at that though. That's that's it's cool. Yeah, it's very really cool. cool. Not for twenty five hundred dollars though. No. <laughs> I no. mean, if if it is the the thing where it's like, like in your case, like if you could use this for like broadcasting, you know, sure. a, a live event or like uh, uh, it's just so niche. Sony's so weird. Sony goes for like the most niche market. On their it's, smartphones. It's very interesting. But, uh, yeah, it's weird. But if you have $2,500 laying around and you're looking to get into some broadcasting, you can pick up the Xperia uh, Pro this year. Uh, Formlabs launches its first SLS 3D printer for in-house prototyping. Today, Formlabs is introducing a new selective laser uh, st- Centurgen? Is that how you pronounce that, Kevin? You're the science guy. Centuring. Centurgen. Centering? Centering. Sure. Uh, 3D printer for prototypes and engineers. The Fuse 1 uses the company's first nylon powder to make SLS printing more affordable and accessible for businesses. Um, It's an additional uh, industrial printer with a removable build chamber, uh, which can be swapped out uh, when the job is finished or near continuous use. Uh, in addition, a built-in camera will let users watch the build taking place in real time, letting them keep an eye out for any issues. Uh, these will retell you. The fuse shift will set you back $9,000. No. The SIFT, the SLS, will, is $18,000. $19,000. Got it. The SIFT no. kind of goes through and cleans out the... This, this shit is wild. Have you ever heard of SLS printing? No. Explain to me. That's why I brought it up. Bro, this shit is insane. All right. So imagine you've got a bucket full of sand. And in that sand, what they do is they turn up the temperature. It's not a bucket. It's an oven full of sand, right? They turn up the temperature so it's really close to the, the melting point of the sand. And then they shoot a laser to push it over that edge. And they can draw shit. In, in like 3D space there and you can create stuff. It's insane. That's really cool. 
Yeah, let me see if there's any good part of the video that shows this off in a good way. Uh, I, 3D printing has always fascinated me, and I, it's cool seeing, like, uh, what did we talk about last time, where it was, like, different printing, like, different materials that you can use the yeah. 3D print. And uh, is there a 3D printer that does multiple materials? Or is it just yes. basically one material that... No, no, no. You you can get... So th there's a bunch of crazy stuff. Um, like, you can have a 3D... So there's a bunch of different types of 3D printing. The one that you're probably thinking of is the... What is it called? FTL, F, F, F something, which is like fed... Um, well, basically, it's got a giant spool that it's slowly pulling from, and it, that feeds that through the, the little thing that, like, puts down the dots that will make whatever you're, you're building. Uh, and what they have now is there's companies that make machines that hook up to it that essentially um, mix different types of um, filaments. So you'll have, uh, like, four different types of filaments, and what you can do is you can make two of those filaments different colors and one of the filament be like made of a different material that'll break down in like uh, like rubbing alcohol. So you, then you grab your print, you put it in rubbing alcohol, let it sit down as the, the, the filament that is made to break down breaks down and then you can have stuff like a gear in it that turns. Isn't That's that wild? crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the big thing about SLS is the stuff that it makes is really, really sturdy, really strong, and really cool. But also, the amount of stuff that you can make at one time is significant. So instead of just doing printing the single object that you're making, you could print a bunch of objects in this like little oven. So if you pull up the video around like 50 seconds, they start kind of showing what it looks like. But they're only showing the the like the digital readout. But yeah, it's it's really really cool what they can do with with uh, all the different technologies they're doing. And then like the there's a a new um, well not new anymore because SLS is kind of the newer one. Uh, but th there's one that basically you you fill a little bucket with um, this liquid and it slowly dips it uh, into a thing with a screen on the bottom. And that burns the image on there, which creates layers. It's all of this stuff is fascinating. Uh, my little brother owns two of the two uh, 3D printers. I don't think he's ever used them. So someday, once the garage is up and running, we'll have them. Yeah, what do you mean he hasn't uh, see, used them? Look at this. Look at this block. You you clear the block, and that's what's inside. It's the the thing you wanted to print out. So crazy. That's super cool. Yeah. So the sifting thing that costs seven thousand dollars is the machine they have it in there. Basically shakes the shit out of it and collects all of the dust that hasn't been melted so that you can reuse it. Oh, Kevin, how, how far away are we from actually being able to get these in our houses? At a reasonable oh price. man, you can get, you can get a 3d printer right now for like 200 bucks. I'm saying like one of these though. One of these. Yeah. Right. Because five I feel like to, this is going to be the five to 10 years. What is that? That's crazy. They made a chain mail. Yeah. But like they also made the, the, the snowboard connector, like the, you know, the bootstrap. Mm -hmm. That's with all the components built, like they built all the components you needed for that. <clears throat> that is really cool. I'm, I'm, 
I'm the more I uh, am friends with you, the more I'm interested in 3D printing and kind of want to get into it. Just to yeah, see. Yeah, I mean that's the, like I've tried to learn how to use uh, 3D tools to like learn how to sculpt in 3D, and it's like that shit is so fucking hard. Fortunately for us, there's places like Thing Thingverse, I think is what it's called, where people just upload their designs of stuff, and then you can go in there and use that for 3D printing. Hmm. Well, pretty uh, bad. last piece of news for the day. Apple's VR headset may include a fan and supported uh, pres- and support uh, prescription lenses. So we've heard a little bit about Apple's VR headset. I think we're getting close to it. What do you think of it actually hitting hitting market? Uh, you know, I, I don't know. And I really, really question whether or not is there a market for it? There's a market for Oculus. I mean, is there a big market for Oculus? <clears throat> That's the question. I will, mean, will will Apple make that market bigger? Yes, 100%. And it's cool. Anecdotally, I would say, yes, there's a big market for it. Just from what I've seen in terms of demand. In terms of everybody's talking about Oculus. Every time you show somebody the Oculus, they they end up getting one. Like everybody I've shown my Oculus so, to, they've ended up buying an Oculus. How often are Oculuses sold out? I they've been sold out. I'd say for a sh- like I'm saying in retail stores, you can catch it every once in a while on their website. Sure. I'd say a year and a half they've been sold out. Wow. But see, that's like. Is there manufacturing is things? Yeah. Hey, is that be. no no not low demand? Look, sorry. Low um, supply. Supply, thank you. Sorry, these hiccups are like I'm trying to fight them off. Okay, I won that fight. I won that fight. Um, but And is Apple moving into this like world something that like will actually help? Or, you know, like it's, is it Apple trying to diversify? Because like I, another difficult thing is like uh apple's operating system makes things different like you don't have like is steam steam's on apple right now correct yeah yeah Mm -hmm. but there's less options right no it's just no that's that's no no the 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 same amount of options but your hardware isn't going to be able to run it as good because it's not optimized for gaming or like you can't really optimize it for gaming sure um but i will this whole thing I just think is kind of interesting and seems like Apple's like two years late to the party. Well, here's the thing. Apple's a company that when they do something, it becomes mainstream. Mm-hmm. Am I wrong? Like, tell me, tell me I'm wrong. I mean, they do tablets. Tablets have been around before the iPad and it became mainstream. A tablet yeah, was a I mean, dumb I, I, thing I, I, that you were like, you're a dumb person for having that. And then like, Apple did it and everybody was like, are oh, watches, tablets. Are watches mainstream? I'd say so. The are Apple watches. I'd say Apple watch is more mainstream than any of the watches. Look, look, look. More mainstream, sure. It, more commonly seen out there. I don't think smart watches are mainstream right now. No, but like, the Apple watches. But like, I, I, I don't think so. I, I, I'd say out of your 10 consumers... How many of them are wearing smartwatches? I'd probably say seven of them. 
What? Really? And this could just be the area that we're in, being sure. Bay Area, tech, you yeah. know, tech uh, hub central of the world. Um, sure. But I feel like if you have a, like an iPhone, like you get AirPods, that's your next accessory, which that really made wireless earbuds take off as well. The AirPods, to be honest. Yeah. When you have people calling non-AirPods AirPods, like older people, you know you have yeah. the you, you have the market. Yeah, 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 you get the firm um, grasp on the market there. And Apple Watches, I feel like, are the next purchase after AirPods, like for accessory-wise. I mean, this is cool then, right? This is going to uh, open up the market, hopefully in a, in a big way. And it'll further now, like further grow how many people are aware of this shit and like get it. But I don't know. I just would you think long term we're going to be there are going to be VR like like VR is going to stay relevant because it seems like PlayStation was just kind of like, all right, cool. (laughs) We're done. Did they announce that or was that just like that's how it feels, right? They they just stopped announcing PSVR stuff. Yeah. Like the last PSVR like big thing I want to say was the Iron Man VR. And that kind of just came and went. Yeah, but Sony's really good at like hitting the jackpot early and not continuing with it or like really bringing attention to it because they're I feel like they're terrible at marketing. But like like I'm telling you what if Apple does this, so it looks like they're pushing for uh, uh, as early as 2022 uh, to actually launch their VR headset. Their AR one is not happening any time soon from reports from Bloomberg. It looks like it's going to have M1 chips in them, like the, the, the ARM-based sure. uh, chips in them. It's going to have I mean, some that makes fans. sense, right? Because your, your main concern is going to be, well, I guess, no. You've got the weight is probably your biggest concern there. And whether or not it's connected to anything, which could be battery usage then, if it's, you know, not plugged into something. Which case, a processor chip that runs less hot and, uh, you know, doesn't require a giant, or uses less battery, will all of that is cumulative that will help, you know? Yeah. I Make a better product. I feel like Apple getting into this is going to mainstream this more than uh, oculus could ever because again I, oculus is something where i've showed it to every single one of my friends and everyone i've showed it to has ended up buying an oculus i i, I feel like this is going to change the vr game in a very very big way whether it's like uh, if it's bad then no but like even if it's like semi good in terms of like it ha- it's doing well all it has to do is do what oculus is doing give it a snazzy look Put the Apple logo on it, and you're gonna be you're gonna be selling billions of these. I really do believe that. Billions, billions. <laughs> I I I still think it's gonna be very niche for a long time. I just feel like the the, the biggest problem with uh, VR is that like one VR one person. You know what I mean? Now. What if Apple innovates in a way to where it's like they make it a fun experience for like a group if you are in a group? 
Yeah, I just think that this... Apple's not super known for making games and gaming experiences. Well, you know? I, I'm also interested as I don't know if this is geared toward games. Yeah, I mean, that's, that, that's, see, what's that's weird. the wildest thing you could have fucking said right there. You crazy sack of shit. You're right. <laughs> Why are we thinking about it just games? Because that's the VR experiences that we know. What if this is about it? Like, uh, like, hey, uh, plug this in and then you can go to this VR little town. Yeah. You know? or, or even Apple TV, you can put like if they make like a VR specific entertainment experience where it's like, OK, turn on the Apple like TV app or whatever. And you load up this like show in like somehow they made it interactive or whatever, or somehow they, they make that experience elevated through VR. Who knows? I don't know what they're going to do. Maybe it is just games. Maybe, but I, I would suspect games is going to be like a very side thing on this. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what resources they're throwing toward the experiences, but if Apple throws money toward these experiences, we can be getting some really cool stuff, especially right now where like live events and everything is shut down. Yeah. Or fucking shut down. Be having these EDC kids with their little finger, lo- their light gloves, <laughs> with their Apple headset on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, fucking kids. You know what I mean. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that that looks like it's coming next year, possibly. Which is exciting. Seems like a far away, far away away. Seems Maybe? really far away. Also, it's like at, at the 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 headphones. And how like absurdly stupid they look, and how wildly expensive they are, and the fact that like I don't know they're comparable to other headphones that are cheaper, like kind of <laughs> bums me out and makes me think that like okay, if we ever see this, it's gonna be really expensive, and you know not like that's what's crazy about Apple users though. It's like a cult, Kevin. Mm-hmm. Apple users are cultists. They're these mm-hmm. people who would be brought into Scientology really easy because it's like once you're in, you're in. Aren't like, you an Apple user? They do, and their stuff works really good. You know what I mean? <laughs> and like, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's one of those things where it's like they will like it is almost like a fashion statement for AirPods or an Apple yeah. Watch or yeah, like yeah, it's absolutely, like absolutely, it's they're in, they're in. They don't even know what it does, but they're in as soon as they Apple announces it. It's crazy, it's insane. Mm-hmm. So they already have a very dedicated uh, base, essentially. Yeah, definitely. Sorry, the dog is like all over the cat over here. Leave him alone. <laughs> you're good. You're good. <sighs> well, we're at the end of the show anyway. So Kevin, thank you for joining me on Tech Fever this week. I appreciate you. Appreciate you for taking time out of your day. I'm sorry about all the issues no, that we've had. You could don't apologize. I've done it to you. You know? I don't think so. I don't think so. I wouldn't let that shit stand. I'm going to send you one. Look at this really quick. Yeah. I just sent you a, a, an image of three uh, towers, three little chest towers with, uh, looks like a quadruple hook quadruple helix you click on it it's three different forms of 3d printing just because i like talking about this stuff zoom in on that bitch let me see make that big boy there you go so on the left you have the fdm which is the filament you know so that's the one that like has the giant spool of material that is being pumped out of it the next one is the sla which is the um it has a bunch of liquid and it uses an LED screen or a laser if you get the more expensive ones to draw the shape on there. And the last one is the SLS, 
which is what we were talking about, that powder material that it's getting lasered into it. So you can see they each, like, the SLA has the prettiest looking design on there. And, like, the filament has all the, the FDM has the lines. SLS has less of the lines. The cool thing is the SLS, you can do stuff um, that makes it so that you can put, like, gears and stuff. Anyways, I just wanted to put a little, give it one more second of attention just because... It's very cool. It's no, so crazy. I think SLA is the, the prettiest looking one. Yeah, and that's that's the one that is a vat of liquid that it's slowly submerging a plate into that using the LED screen to flash, I think, IR light at it. It's wild. It's wild stuff. This is so cool. Technology's cool, man. Well, it really is. You can follow me at Cheeks underscore Junior on Twitter to stay up to date with all things Play Everything. Uh, of course, subscribe to the channel, uh, youtube.com forward slash Play Everything. If you're listening on audio services, I appreciate you. I see you. I validate you. You're there. You're definitely our biggest audience. So, of course, thank you for listening. Subscribe on those services. Uh, leave a review if uh, that platform allows you to. It helps us out. Um, you can follow Oh, this post 10 a.m. Thursdays every week most weeks and you can follow kevin at kind of funny kevin on the twitter and you can see what he's up to over at youtube.com for slash kind of funny mostly yelling at kids mostly <laughs> until next time we have the fever you missed it every week <laughs> <laughs>